Hey, 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 what's going on? It's Thursday, August 28th, 2014, and you're listening to the Talking Games Podcast. My name is Steve Say, and this evening I'm joined by Mr. Rob Newmeyer. Hi. It's Jackie Turner. Hello. And returning, Mr. Bobby Shortle. It's a me, <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Yay. <laughs> Mr. Justin Townsend is off taking care of business this week, so Bobby is taking up the chair, and we are very happy to have him. This week on the Talking Games podcast, we're going to be talking about the games we played this week. We're going to be giving you somewhat of a beginner's guide to Diablo 3, uh, the Ultimate Evil Edition. And we'll be telling you our top five favorite portable games of all time. So, that's what's up. But first, let's catch up with Bobby. It's, yes. been a while. it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a couple of months, I think. Yeah. Three months. Two months? Two months, probably. How you doing, man? Doing all right, you know? Um, I haven't seen you in forever. I know. Since we did a three and a half hour podcast last night. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well, you know? Just working, planning a wedding, trying to fit in games whenever I can. That's How's the wedding planning going? It's going. It's incredibly stressful, and it's like a dark hellhole, but uh, <laughs> it, um, not the actual, uh, you know, I'm excited to be married, but... The actual act of planning a wedding is, unless you have unlimited funds, and it's a exercise in politics and, mm-hmm. um, you know, stress. That's the two things that really it is. <laughs> so constantly being around the weddings to do like video and photo that has not really prepared you for the stresses. It, it has prepared me for knowing what to look for as far as things I want, but nothing can prepare you for the way that people that you seemingly thought you knew very well reacting to things and in ways that you never expected. Oh yeah. You know, it's like the personal aspect of it. That's tough. Um, in a vacuum, it's not that tough. I mean, obviously it's expensive, but it's not, um, it's not tough to plan one. It's just, you're not just dealing with what you want. You're dealing with like, you know, everybody wants. So it gets tough. And you kind of have to sometimes just kind of stop it and be a dick. You have to be like, no, yeah, but you have to say no, and it's tough to say no to people that you love, you know. So it, that can be stressful. But I'm excited for the actual day, and you know, we got a kick-ass band. We got a f- oh yeah, we got a fun Ooh. venue. So I'm I'm excited for all that stuff. I'm just I just kind of wanted to be here already. I um, did also buy my shoes and my handbag about three months ago. Yeah, so did I, you really? I'm ready. Oh yeah, I'm ready. Like, wow. I bought them three months before I got the invite, <laughs> and then Bobby was like, "Ooh, this is awkward." I gotta go have my <laughs> my stuff tailored. <laughs> no, sure, yeah, I do. Oh yeah, you got work to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you think he's stressed? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that it's coming together. It is. I'll be there. We'll all be there. Yeah. Yes, we will. It'll be a good time. We'll tell you guys about He's gonna it. He's going to put us all back. on one table up the end of the room, yeah. out of the way of everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a good time. Just make sure that it's the day that you want, that and it, you and Karen mm-hmm. want. And it is. It, like, it, everything that's happening is stuff that we want. I mean, it, it's just getting through the, the people being like, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing this? Right. And all that stuff. So, But it will be fine. I'm, I'm excited to actually do it and, and have a good time and, and party. So, All right. Well, we're excited for you. Yeah. And let's talk about some games we played this week. Rob, what'd you play? Hi. Hi. Uh, <clears throat> well, it's, it's funny because one of the games we're just going to have a big discussion about anyway. Yes. Uh, but since we're going to be talking about handheld stuff, I jumped back into uh, Final Fantasy Advance, the War of the Lions, which is probably one of my favorite role-playing strategy games. It's a tactics game, right? Correct, okay. yeah. Yeah. Move the square, um, select the dude. Yep, select the dude. Uh, tons of different classes to unlock. Absolutely amazing story. Um, you know, you 
you really care for the characters. You even care for some of like the shit characters you pick up along the way, <laughs> which is hard to do in a, a game like that. That's yeah. You know, I, uh, my first playthrough was a good seventy hours. Oh wow! And and that's what I love about a lot of these games on my list, especially Final Fantasy Tactics, is that uh, you know, to be able to have a portable game and put that many hours into it yeah beautiful absolutely beautiful um so yeah just just knowing we were going to do this show just made me nostalgic and uh i had to go back and play that i remember when the playstation version came out which was called final fantasy tactics right yeah that was just a remake oh no that was just a remake i'm saying it that was the original one that was the original one right correct um and has there ever been really been a sequel or has it all just been kind of different versions of that same game no no there, there's been a sequel. okay so i remember i got that game after i had beaten final fantasy 7 <laughs> thinking that it was gonna be thinking because it said final fantasy and i was like all right let's do this and <laughs> i was like what the fuck is this game <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so you can't even move whenever you want to. I had to move in certain space. I, I played it for maybe like do 30 you, minutes and then like never played it again. Do uh-huh. you not enjoy, you just don't enjoy that format? I do now. Okay. Uh, but when I was a kid, nope. It was it was like kind of, I, I reckon it too, after I watched Star Wars for the first time and I was like, I want to watch space movies and I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh God. You know, and I, was, I, I couldn't even, I, my brain couldn't even handle it. That was mm-hmm. the same situation where I just... This is not what I want at all. Right. Um, where are the characters I know? Where is the combat system that I know? Because um, I didn't know like the the meta conversation around video games at the time. I didn't know that there were different versions and all this other stuff. So uh-huh. when I got that game. I was not very happy. But yeah. apparently, it's amazing. Well, <laughs> the one the one I'm talking about is the sequel, technically. Okay. Um, but they do have for the PSP. Actually, they have a really really good remake of the PlayStation one. Mm. Hmm. How are you with letting characters die? Are do you are you the type that will you'll stop before it happens? Yep, I'll stop or restart my last stage, and it is horrible because that feature is in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I get attached. So have you ever been in a situation where you like you couldn't help it? You had to let them go. Because, oh sure, sure. Okay. Like this, the last Fire Emblem that came out, uh, Awakening. Mm-hmm. That was the first Fire Emblem that actually had a feature where you could play and not lose the characters. Ah. So earlier Fire Emblems, uh, it was a, necess- a necessity, if you were like me, if you didn't want to lose characters, to have to restart from your last save. Right. And some of those stages are 45 minutes to an hour long. So if you get to the end of the battle and like you're right up on the boss, you're, you're screwed. You have to go back to all it again. <laughs> awesome. Um, so there's a little bit of news uh, for this week, a couple of announcements that went on. And uh, before we get like, we're going to dig deep into some games this week. Let's get the news out of the way and we'll talk about that for a little bit. And then we'll move into some, uh, some more games and some uh, Diablo stuff. Let's talk about the super smash brothers uh, roster leak that went down earlier this week. Rob, what do you got? Uh, well, th- this broke on one of the forums. I think it was 4chan. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of different posters throwing some 3DS footage out there. And through that, the possible roster, quote unquote, I mean, a lot of people believe it's real. I believe it's yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it looks pretty legit. If, if you're going to go through those lengths to try and fake something, it's it's yeah. kind of crazy. If you're going to model characters in the in the style of Super Smash Brothers, because they're not even like stock no. images of the characters. They're modeled 
looking Super Smash Brothers modeled characters. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of characters we know that are coming back, uh, you have Wario, Mr. Game & Watch, uh, Ganondorf, hmm. Rob the Robot, uh, Falco, Ness. Um, then you have Dr. Mario, but he wasn't in Brawl, right? No, no. no. Yeah. And uh, the newbies, uh, you have Bowser Jr., and he's like in his little flying clown car. That's pretty cool. So that's going to be cool. Uh, you have Dark Pit, which... Yeah. I think it might just be a, a palette swap for a regular pit. Much yeah. like you can play as Dark Link. Oh, from Icarus? Yeah, from okay. Icarus. Yeah, okay. much as like you can play as Dark Link in the Smash Brothers games. Okay. Or mm -hmm. Zombie Link, as I call him. Uh, you have Shulk. Yeah. Uh, from Xenoblade? Yeah, that's a Xenoblade. Yeah, that's... Yeah. The job. It's 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 like when the Fire Emblem characters first appeared in the in Smash Brothers. People were like, "What the fuck are these guys?" Uh -huh, <laughs> it's exactly. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one I'm super psyched for is the Duck Hunt dog. Does he have a name? Uh, no, just the dog no. from Duck Hunt. Uh, I did some searching online, and a lot of people were saying, uh, "I think was it Mr. Peepers? It was something something <laughs> weird." What I'm sure hell? he has a name. I mean, Yoshi has a name. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember what it is? Uh. T Yoshi Sore Munchy Koopas. Correct. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they just like it just came out because somebody like leaked like this Nintendo handbook they gave to their employees or something. Yeah, nice. like back in the nineties. Um, but I'm telling you what, the chickens have come home to roost for that fucking duck hunt dog. Well, let's talk about this for punch a second. In the face. Let's talk about this. <laughs> now, nobody's. We've seen a picture of his like his gamer his character card mm -hmm. like uh -huh. in the roster. Okay, but we haven't seen footage. No. What do we think? How is he going to handle? What is he going to play? What do you think some of his moves are going to be? Because all we know of him is that he waits in the grass, picks up, uh, gets up, laughs in your face, basically yeah. gives you the dog middle finger, yeah. and then asks you to sniff his ass on the way out. <laughs> so what is he now going to do? Is he going to bite people? Is he going to throw ducks? Well, I would imagine his save is obviously going to involve ducks carrying him back up. I think he's going to like double jump. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll be like hold, holding on to some ducks his or something. Up and like B move. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then his final smash, I think, will oh, break the fourth wall <laughs> and have, you know, oh, like yeah, the blaster. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine he'll come something up in front like of the screen, you think? Yeah. Let him laugh at you. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I mean, the zapper is going to be involved somehow. It's got to be involved. I mean, the art for him on like the, the character select image they leaked he has like a duck on the image okay. so i think absolutely the ducks are gonna be part of the the battle system whether it's gonna be kind of him like kind of shooting them at you or throwing them at you oh my god if he throws dead ducks at you <laughs> I, that's my character right there uh maybe you know maybe because there's also like the clay pigeon stuff in right duck that's true. That's so true. there might be something to do with that as well like discus throwing kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. they always come up with pretty cool stuff for other characters uh -huh. and he did show up in one other game uh, the trick shooting game back mm -hmm. in the day, Barker Bill's trick yeah, shooting. Yeah, I remember that game. So oh. it could it could have elements. I can't wait to play as Little that Mac. Also. Little Mac is cool. Yeah, he's like, it's a very good analog because he just punches dudes. So it's like perfect for the game. Uh -huh. I'm really psyched about this because one of my favorite characters is back, which is Mr. Game and Watch. Ooh, I kick ass with Mr. Game and Watch. I will. I could never get a handle on him. Play pa throw pancakes at you all day. <laughs> <laughs> he makes like little flapjacks. Flapjacks. Yeah. I turned in that big octopus for his his final smash. Um, he's just he's a really powerful character when you when you know how to use the, those moves. Hmm. Um, I, I, well, the reason I got good with them is because I think I talked about this when we used to play. We 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 play random because it wasn't fair if we all got to play as like our 
yeah. favorite characters. So we'd all do random unless you won. And then you got to play as a, you get to pick your character. So when you get random, you have to learn how to be better with certain characters. And I would get Game and Watch, and it just happened to be like that was one of the characters that I was okay with. Right. I could never Olimar still is like a, a oh, mystery. It's a mystery to me. Yeah. Apparently he's a, like if you know how to play them, he's a, he's amazing. But he's like a mystery to me. It's like it's like trying to catch a ghost. <laughs> I don't understand how to play with him. Jackie. <laughs> Yeah. Here's the question of the hour. <laughs> yes. Does any of this, any anything at all, even the opportunity to punch that dog in his stupid nose, does that appeal to you? Will you play this no. game? No. Because all of this is so completely like irrelevant to me because I have no idea what's being thrown at me or what is going on at all. What? I know. I, every time I've played this game, I played it with Bobby and Brian. I think that's the be- last bad time be- I played bad it. people to play it with. Yeah, I played with them. I literally had no idea. I didn't even realize I was dead. And I, was, I was still hitting buttons. I had no idea what was going on. We got to play the single player mode and kind of get your like feet wet so you learn the controls yeah. and stuff like that. And but you do I want to? You don't do think do that, that Justin yes. and I will ease you into the process? Are you kidding me? No way. Come on. You're joking, right? Come on. No. You can no. trust me. <laughs> well, the way to do it, the way that the way that I, because I was horrible at it, and my friend Brad was great at it, and I wouldn't, couldn't play against him because I would just get my butt whipped all the time. So we started playing the team matches. So you play four yeah. player, and we just do teams. Him and I on the same team against two computer players, and that's where I kind of learned, you know, right. how to the mechanics and how to play. And then we started playing it on you know four player right. brawls. I'm sure if I like put time in to learning how to play it, I might like it. The question is, do I want to put the time into that game when there's so many other games I do know that I want to put the time into? The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It's such just a fun, casual game. Yeah. Come sit down, play a couple of matches. I'm a little concerned about the controller setup because if it's you're going to play with friends, one person will have, and on the Wii U, um, the big tablet controller, mm-hmm. and then everybody else is either going to have to get a regular Wiimote or you get the attachment that's coming out for the GameCube controller. Yeah, but yeah, like how many controllers are you gonna be able to to wrangle up? I mean, between us, maybe we could do it, but for other people, well, I think you're gonna see they're, they're gonna release GameCube controllers yeah, with yeah. that peripheral. Yeah. Um. I. I. But you can also use the class. They not the classic. We well, can use classic controllers because you can use the pro. The, the the controller pro, like the Xbox looking controller that you yeah. can buy for the Wii U. You can use that as well, which I'm sure will be fine. A fine controller for it. Um. I'm glad they're doing the GameCube thing because even though that controller is like insane, it is the controller I know right. how to play Smash Brothers on. So I'm right. excited that it, that it's going to come back. But the thing about Smash Brothers, you have to remember, is that the the complexity of the game doesn't come from the control scheme because the controls are simple. The controls are basically like hit a direction, hit a button, you're going to do something cool. That's like what Smash Brothers is all about. It's the fact that it's a it's learning to be able to track what's happening on screen, which is probably yeah, the totally. biggest hurdle anybody has. That's why I always have trouble with. Yeah, is, is you have to kind of like, uh, you have to look at the person, you have to just learn to laser focus on who you are and not worry about everything else, else that's going on. And the other thing too is just learning and situational awareness to learn that when you're going off the screen, like doing your, doing your up and B moves, doing your double jumps to get back. Those are things you have to learn. Everything else is just really like, some of it's dumbass luck. Because <laughs> that bomb's going to drop out of that, that cr- crate that's falling out of the sky, and it's going to hit, and it's going to knock four people off the stage. You know, it's just going to happen. Uh, another part of it is just, you know, being able to recognize where you are and being able to execute smash moves when you need to, you know? That's yeah. really it. It's, it, it. That's the great thing about it is that I am horrible at fighting games because I can't do combos. You don't have to do combos in this. It's all just like stick mm-hmm. and button, stick and button, you know? And that's what's great about it. Yeah. You got to remember, though, like you have a Wii U, 
you I mean you play it, but you don't yeah. it's not your go to system. It's not, not. This is gonna be the giant game for the system. Like this is the must have game for the system, probably. See, for I thought a while. That about Mario Kart and I played it like the first weekend I had it and I honestly haven't picked it up since. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing what Smash Brothers looks like. Because if we're talking yeah. like Mario Kart 8 graphics mm. in a Smash Brothers game, right. that is going to be like camera mode. Like yeah. Pausing the game yeah, and moving yeah. the camera oh, around. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the the share options yeah. and posting it to the, the forums, the communities and yeah. stuff. That is going to be sick. Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to that aspect of the game. Yeah. And I mean, the Brawl was one of the best looking games on the Wii. And it really, yeah. it was that game that like, you, you, you turn on your Wii would be like like I couldn't handle what was going on on that disc uh, love love that game so much um, absolutely ho- hopefully the, um, the thing I'm worried about is the online I just want the online not to be broken I know because the Brawl online was broken because the Wii infrastructure was so bad mm. um, but Mario Kart 8 has been great it's been very stable I mean it's harder with Brawl because it's so pinpoint accurate mm. frame by frame but <laughs> Jackie's opening up her Game Boy case. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sorry. I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, so you have to have really, really good online infrastructure to work, and I just hope it does because, I mean, Brawl is made playing, you know, Smash is made playing in the same living room, but, like, my friend Brad was a person that, like, we smashed together, like, I can't even tell you how many hours that we played that game we together. We smashed together. Yeah, we smashed together. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he lives in Boston, so we need to use the online, so I'm excited to see what happens. So. And also... Co- Kind of going into the next story, though, there are a bunch of characters that were not on this roster that mm. people are kind of either pissed about or happy about. Who do we Either lose? way. Uh, ice Climbers. The ice Climbers. I'm okay with They'll that. be back. Lucas, Ivysaur, Squirtle, uh, Snake, and Wolf. Mm. Um, <laughs> so people are saying DLC or no DLC. Right. Uh, and now, obviously, but it's kind of looking like there will be DLC because... They just announced DLC for yeah. for Mario Kart. <laughs> Smooth. That was good. Bobby. Yes. You know about that. Oh, the Mario Kart DLC? Yes, I do. Um, so they announced two packs uh, for Mario Kart. Uh, if you buy them individually, they're seven ninety nine each. If you buy them together, they're only $12 for the pair. So um, the, the first pack is supposed to come out um, in uh, November. Uh, of this year hmm. and that's gonna have three characters uh tanuki mario cat peach and link uh and link is obviously very it's a milestone because it's the first time a non-mario character is in a mario kart game uh four vehicles and eight courses which include two new cups they're gonna be two new structured cups um, that's awesome yeah that's crazy uh i'm really excited about that and uh, um yeah so yeah, so that is uh, that's what the first pack, and then the second pack is uh, they're saying not until May, but I'm not sure if that you know this is this is all kind of uh, I don't think it's exact yet, but uh, seven ninety nine as well. Three characters: the villager Il- Isabel and Dry Bowser, which is Dry Bones. Uh, four vehicles, eight courses. So overall, sixteen courses, uh, eight vehicles, and six characters for twelve dollars. Uh huh. Yeah, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does will this make you play Mario Kart? Yeah, yeah, no, I'll definitely pick it up again. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's good. En- it's good I really enough. enjoyed that game. It's just there's been so much. You know, I got the PS4 right. around the same time, and I've just been completely hooked on it. I've done little. I haven't turned my 360 on in I understand. months. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually played a little bit of Mario Kart with uh, our friends Kelly uh, Heron and her her boyfriend Daniel the other night, and uh, we played three three circuits or you know three sets of four. Uh, I won the first, and Daniel won the other two. But I mean, when you've got 
people on headsets and you're yelling at each other and stuff like that playing the game it is amazing the thing that i find interesting is that you can only talk when you're in the lobby yeah once you enter the game you can't talk i can't decide whether i like that or i don't like that i would like to kind of you know talk to people and psych them out as we're racing yeah but the idea that you can't say anything till the end and then like when you come back from each race and everybody's like oh <laughs> That was every every round until we got a little tired. But in those first couple of races, it was nothing but just noise coming from all directions <laughs> of yelling and screaming about people getting ripped off and items getting used or not used. It's amazing. Yeah. I think the reason they do it is because they don't want to have any sort of potential drag on the speed of the of the game. I think they want to try to keep they're trying to keep the frame rate as crisp as possible. And I think Nintendo isn't set up with the, the sort of voiceover IP like independent voiceover IP, it's all game yeah. focused. So it, whatever it does, it takes away from the the servers that are running the game. So I think they're just trying to keep it because it doesn't make sense. I don't think it's a safety thing because if you can talk in the lobbies, it doesn't Correct. doesn't yes. matter. Right. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think it's really exciting. I, I want to see the new courses are if they're going to be kind of integrating like this new um, like some like Zelda themed Mario Ooh. Kart courses and stuff like that. I want to see the cars. Hyrule yeah, Highway. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that stuff would be freaking <laughs> great. You know. Um, and also, if you get both packs, you get eight new colors of Yoshi and Shy Guys, which you can play immediately. <gasps> that's, my, that's my man. <laughs> I love Shy Guy. <laughs> so you get lots of colors. Mm. That's excellent. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> I am. I think that's You're just... the most excited about being able to change colors. No, I'm, exci- I'm excited about all of it. But the fact that of all the characters you could have named that are already in the game that you picked my dude and I'm going to have eight <laughs> more colors for him, that's fantastic. Mm. Cool. Super psyched. That's because he's a disposable nobody. <laughs> oh shit! Whoa! Shit. Whoa! <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. All right, let's talk to somebody else now. Fighting words, <laughs> <laughs> Jackie. Before we yes. get into all kinds of scary talk yes. about devils and <laughs> yeah. uh, repetitive hallways, uh-huh. what did you play this week? I played. Uh, I finished Last of Us. Yes. Which okay. yeah, which I I very much enjoyed. General impressions. Uh, general impressions. It is definitely different to how I thought it would be. Um, the conversation aspect of it is normally something I, I hit B. I'm um, skip, 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 skip. And uh, it's normally every other game I do that. I actually enjoyed this. Like I, I sat down, you know, I put the controller down and got a cup of coffee. I'm so and... glad you're on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm learning things. I don't fucking you know. play the games. I don't listen to shit. I Absolutely. just, you know. I really don't, you know. But this one I actually did. I was like, and it was like playing a movie. You know, I cared about the characters and I and the latest plot developments and the, you know, and there's certain again it's kind of i want to do a spoiler free but there's certain that when stuff happens you're like oh my god and it's exciting um the only thing i'd say is it the i was talking to bobby about this a while ago about scary games in general Mm -hmm. the first time you come into a room and like you hit your button and you can see the shadows of all these horrible things around you yeah it's genuinely scary and the first time you creep around the corner one of them grabs you and you're like oh my god it's terrifying after the first couple of times, you're like, all right, I'm going to start off here. I know there's one in that corner. I know there's one in that corner. And then it just becomes a strategy thing. It's well, yeah. a tactics thing. You're getting yeah, All I'm saying tactical. is it kind of pulls you out of this game is so it involves you so much in the storyline and, and what's happening that it's just it's a problem with all of these style of games. It pulls you out of the game because then I'm not really caring about what's going on. Ellie's getting her neck eaten. I'm OK with it because I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it again the next time. Mm. You know, so it kind of becomes less scary and less emotional. 
when you go through those rooms where you're just trying to right. do what you need to do to get to the next bit of the story. Well, I think it's like it's like anything that if you let's say you were watching a movie and you've seen the movie, right. like you know, like oh, we're gonna watch you exactly. know this, we're yeah. gonna watch Christmas Story, right. and you're just like fuck. But like, of course, again? every part of the story is new to you. But yeah. that room that you've been in and you failed five yeah. or six times is not new on the fifth or sixth right. time. It's I, not scary. It's not shocking. It's my thing know. is but with, the, oh, go ahead. Uh, just real quick. My thing with with The Last of Us is it's super intense all the way through. Even yeah. if it's repeating, right? You you need to take it a different way each time because if you're getting eaten and it's not yeah. working out, yeah. you got. I mean, oh, definitely. But then it becomes strategy and tactics, not emotions. Right. You know, there's yeah. definitely, I mean, there were some bits, there's a certain scene where you're being chased around that every single time I did it, my heart was beating. Right. But there's certain rooms that become a little formulaic because you know that they're going to pop up because they don't change their pattern every time you die. They're going to be in the same place pretty much as the last time you did it. So you just become, you know, you get the tactics and the strategy of how you're going to get through this room. Right. I'm going to throw it this way. I'm going to run that way. I'm going to, so that, and it's not even a criticism because there isn't a better way of doing it without being a game that you don't actually play the game. Right. You know, it's a fantastic story, but there's got to be gameplay in there. But it's, that's all it is, is it's a wonderful story. And those kind of rooms pull you out of the story. Here's the question, though. If all right, if you find that happening and you you find that you're not you're no longer scared, were you at least like getting pleasure out of being devious and oh, being yeah, tactical? Oh yeah, I was having fun playing that part of the game. Because I yeah. I went around with that bow and arrow like I was fucking Rambo. <laughs> yeah, you know, coming yeah. out and just no, I had fun with it, but it. I felt like it was two different kinds of games at that point. It was like the the game that I was really involved in the storyline. It was wonderful, and then there was that right. I'm in a contained area where I need to deal with this many zombies to get to the next area. How many times have you died? Be honest. A few. Not. I mean, I had a trouble with the very first time you meet like the real big guy in the gym. Yeah. That was the one that... But other than that, once I figured out that, and also once I figured out that you really don't have to actually fight anything, mm-hmm. you can just go past them. <laughs> just mm-hmm. find a way of sneaking around. And I did that. And, and again, it's not really in my DNA not to go and want to take that guy down. Yeah. So I kind of tripped myself up a few times by you know, coming across six or seven of them and trying to take them out. And then eventually I'm like, this is stupid. I can't take them out. I've got three bullets and a bow and arrow. I can't take them out. I've got to find a way of sneaking around. That That's why I love the DLC because yeah. you had the switchblade. Right. And mm-hmm. I was all bricks and bottles <laughs> yes. and I would s- smash them and stab them. Yep. Like I, I had yep. that down perfectly. Yeah. So with that, I, I barely died in a DLC Right. But mm-hmm. main game, I, I died a lot, I would say. Yeah. yeah. There were yeah. definitely there were definitely some times where it took upward of like in the teens right. to get it done. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like I definitely yeah. had some trouble. Getting through those hard rooms, like Jackie right. was saying, to me, the excitement of finally doing it and coming yeah. up with yeah. the right strategy. Because right. technically there, there were. You did need to follow oh, strategies in certain rooms. My absolute favorite strategy throughout the entire game, once I got this thing through the entire game, was throw a brick, wait for him. Throw a Molotov cocktail, boom. <laughs> I could take like six of the buggers out in one go. It was awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm the type of person, uh, and I've said it before, that I need to go search every corner. Yes. So yeah. mm-hmm. even when I get to the point where my ingredients are full, I get pissed. Oh, and I I'll actually, craft, yeah. craft, craft whatever I can. <laughs> so I do, yep. yeah. And then go kill whatever I can and then go back and grab that Me stuff. Me too. Yeah, because you know? I hate leaving something so on I. the table. Yeah. Yeah. Like, damn it, there's a half a scissor. Exactly. I need it. But when I first started playing the game, I also didn't realize exactly what kind of game it was. So I got probably a quarter of the way into it before I like texted you guys. And I was like, am I supposed to be collecting everything on the way or can I go back? They're like, nope, on the way. 
shit mm. I knew in like within the first 10 minutes of the game I came across a door that I couldn't open because I didn't have a shiv, the shiv. Right. Yeah. so I knew I didn't have you know so that's kind of frustrating because I knew I had hours and hours left in this game and I was not going to get those achievements or those trophies like, it wasn't going to happen because I had already missed something the trophies. oh absolutely is yes. yeah. my, my <laughs> thing about like story driven games is that um, when I play them I play them like head down like I try to like keep myself in the story yeah. and yes. when I die a bunch like she was saying it takes me out of the part that I'm enjoying the most oh, of course about yeah. the game um, so I just I'm like the exact opposite I'm not I'm just like look, how quickly can I get from A to B and get to like to keep the story going right um, like when I played uh, Alan Wake that game for the, oh, you know, I the Xbox 360. I love that game. But, you know, there was like collectibles hidden in the woods. Like, there's like, oh, a, you know. and like, you know, glowing thermoses and stuff. And uh-huh. like, I'm like, this is like, the game is so story focused with such great atmosphere that I just want to keep my head down and keep going. Mm. Like, unless it's going to be a page of like that manuscript that he that he's writing, or, you know, you watch some of those fake Twilight Zone episodes that they have, which are amazing in that game. Like, I just want to keep going. I don't want to deal with that stuff. And the, I think what I was talking about Outlast. I was playing it. The, the the chief problem with Outlast is that it's so scary, but once you die a couple times, you're like, oh right, it's just a video game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. it, the death state is just like any other death state in, in a, any other video game. I just have to if I do A, B, and C, um, I will get through. If I mess up B, the thing's gonna catch me and I'm gonna oh. die. See, this is what the problem is. You know? I would not have had a trouble with any of this aspect of Last of Us if I hadn't have already had this conversation with Bobby. <laughs> So he kind I of poisoned your mind. Yeah, he ruined the game. I for poisoned me. your mind about it. <laughs> but that's why I think that uh, that PS4 uh, horror game looks interesting. The um, the one that's like sounds like a teen horror movie, like Hayden Panettiere. Oh is yes, in it. yes. Uh, Until Dawn or something yeah, like that. Until yes. Dawn. Because there are no fail states. Like if you die, it's just that character of the story died. Oh, and you, okay. you start playing as another character. It's kind of what they do, with, like Heavy Rain. Yeah. Um, which I think though, like Heavy Rain has the has the right idea, the gameplay in that game isn't fantastic you know it, so i think that if until dawn can have better gameplay but still deal with that thing, like okay if you die that's just part of the story that character died now we're on to the next character mm-hmm. i think that could maybe be one of the answers to, like this puzzle i am so pumped for that game that yeah. was one of the things that i saw during that show that really just like speaks to me as a gamer like i've mm-hmm. been waiting for certain kind of games to make a comeback and there's at least two games coming out like i've been waiting for a sequel to a proper sequel to manhunt and there's a mm-hmm. game coming out that reminds me very much of that and then you have Until Dawn that looks like it's taking things to the next level in like cinematic horror gaming and stuff. Horror seems to be making a comeback. Yeah, it does. Uh, we got The Evil Within mm-hmm. is coming out. And uh, we've got from Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro, uh, new Silent Hill mm-hmm. is going to be uh, called Silent Hills is going to be making scene. And uh, for that, they put out an interactive <laughs> trailer for the game called PT. Yeah. And we've all either seen it played it or wet our pants over it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh let's talk a little bit about that bobby what is your experience with pt so i i heard about at the the games you know gamescom they announced it and they said it's playable right now and i think we were doing the talking comics podcast justin was on it that night and he uh, either you or him was like holy shit and he like hold held up your phone it was like silent hills like Kojima and Del Toro, yeah, and I, and it was like apparently it's what that teaser was, and I was like really so. Um, my fiance Karen is like in, super into Silent Hill, like crazy into Silent Hill. Like we played through the HD collection two and three like a year and a half ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when I told her that's what it was, the next day we booted it up and we we, we decided to play through it. 
I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was really going to be... I didn't think there was going to be very much gameplay involved. I thought there was going to be very little control. I thought it was mostly going to be like, you do a couple things, there's a couple cutscenes, yeah. and, and it just goes. You know, That's not what it is at all. It, it, it's... Uh, horrible. It's this like... Ob- it's amazing. It, it, it's horrible. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it's this kind of very obtuse, you know, very uh, atmospheric, gorgeous looking kind of micro game that you play that could take you anywhere from 45 minutes to six hours to, to figure it out depending on yeah. if you're able to dissect the clues or you just go on a, a fact and look up what you're supposed to do but you know you start out and you're kind of walking through and it's kind of nothing's happening but you know you know it's supposed to be scary so you already have you know that feeling in your t- mm-hmm. in your very, chest yeah, the very first time i walked down the corridor yeah you're like something's gonna happen and then there's a one time you get around the corridor. So people don't know what it is. Like it's basically a one hallway. And it's like a loop of a hallway where all this stuff happens. And you start out and there's kind of this radio broadcast playing, which is always great. Like this kind of tinny radio broadcast talking about this grisly murder that happened. Um, and you, you walk through the hallway once and you go in, you go out a door, but you end up coming right back in the door that you initially walked in. Mm-hmm. So it's like a weird loop that you're in. Um, and I think you can do good to like twice or something like that. And then... The third time, the door is closed on the other end, and you can't walk through it. Right. And to be honest, when I was playing it, I have no idea how I triggered the door opening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I walked around, I looked at everything, and then the bathroom door goes and yeah. opens up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And my heart like stops. <laughs> and I got like, I'm guessing supposed to look at it, you know, and and you're kind of going and you're looking, and then. Nothing happens the first time you're looking at it, and, right. and then the door opens, and so you're like, "Okay, I'll go back through." And then the first moment where you <laughs> you look around, and then you, then you are like, "Oh, if I hit R three, I guess it zooms in," because they don't tell yeah. you anything. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of figure you it out by pressing out. You buttons. Can zoom yeah. in on like the crack in the bathroom door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This just hand <laughs> pops out and grabs the door and shuts it, and I screamed. Yeah, I <laughs> Me screamed. Too. Yeah, we freaked out. Oh my god! And from there, it just get, it just ramps up. Yes. Um, from my experience with it, I thought it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, I was actually, because the corridor is an L shape. Yeah. And every single time I would come out the door and I would go towards <laughs> that corner, I was physically with my head leaning around the corner oh, to yeah. try and see without actually stepping around the corner. <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, yeah, I knew there was going to be something there. And, and the thing that gets you is you'll walk down this hallway five times and it's just something small has changed. Mm-hmm. But you walk down it the sixth time and something horrible happens that scares <laughs> the living crap out of you. So I, you never know. I got stuck in uh, in the hallway at this one point where, I mean, we, we must have been stuck. There's this You can watch this all on the stream. If you go to uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Talking Games, uh, there's a, two streams that I played it with my friend Brendan. We went through the whole thing start to finish. But... Uh, my girlfriend was on like playing with us and giving us like suggestions and stuff. And she's like, she's like, there's an X on the portrait on the table. And we'd been looking for like a good 15 minutes. We were stuck on that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what do we do? And I was, when you're streaming and people are watching and stuff like you kind of want to move it along because a, you don't want to look, look like you're bad at games <laughs> yeah. and you just, you don't want to lose viewership. So yeah. you got to kind of move it. And I'm getting frustrated. And she's like, go over the, like on the, thing that just hit x and i pressed x and all of a sudden the woman in the picture her whole eye just rotted away and corroded and the whole picture went dark and i just i didn't expect it to work right so when i hit the button and that happened just holy shit like just (laughs) 
freaking out. Um, yeah, I mean, my. Well, there's one like massive scare as well that when that happens, like I threw the controller and I leapt. I was like playing it on the bed. I leapt off the bed. Yeah. And I actually handed the controller over to my other half because I, I couldn't play it anymore. Yeah, I don't want to give I don't want to really give away too many of the scares right. for people that haven't played it yet. But there's yeah. a big but one. The thing that Bobby mentioned with mm. the the door that really really messed me up <laughs> because I'd been over to that door several mm-hmm. times yep. and like you know peeking in like oh I can almost see you know and it was right at the point and I think this is what they were aiming for. Where, you know, it's like you're watching a horror movie and you're waiting for the scare. You're like, it's yep. going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, all right. It's not going to happen. I'm supposed to just yeah, look and it's, see it's what it's fine. Is. Oh, yeah. my God. Just, you know. <laughs> so that's what happened yeah. with this game where I was like, you know, all right, maybe I have to go here. And then it just it popped. And she she grabbed the handle and, you know, stared at me and shut the door in my face. Yeah. And I like I almost had to stop the stream because I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, exactly. my God. Yeah. It's definitely worth playing like on its own. It's def- I was saying earlier, for me, this is the worst trailer they could possibly have made for that game because it scared the shit out of me. And there's no way I can cope with playing the actual game. But the, the no actual way. game's not going to be in scary? that format. I think the oh, pur- it'll be scary. <laughs> oh, it'll exactly. be scary. But I think the purpose of the PT uh, trailer was to give you an idea of like the tone of the game, give you like a a graphic sampling of what it's going to be like and just showing you that Silent Hill is about to change. They're going to be doing something with it to kind of breathe new life into it, which is something that the series, as much as I love it, has needed for a very long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, they, they really lost me with uh, Silent Hill, the room. Mm -hmm. It just did not ever play that one. Nope. Okay. Um, The formula just, I think their intentions were good, but I don't think that it worked out well in the end. There were definitely some key moments in there that are unforgettable, but overall, it just wasn't that great of a delivery. It was a departure from two and three, which everybody had loved. Everybody loves two the most, mm-hmm. but three had really good horror elements and great action uh, in it. But this seems, you know, the end of the trailer, they reveal to you that Norman Reedus is going to be the main, the lead character. Yeah. And just for a second, before we, before we move off the game, I want to get... What do we think about that? What do we think about like a major actor coming well, in to be Rob in a Silent a Hill good. game? Yeah, Rob, you well, had a very good he point was, about this. I had story. a bad reaction to it at first, and then I talked to Rob, and I went home, and I kind of thought on it, and I, I'm completely turned around on the idea. But, Rob, what do you no, think? I, uh, just like you were saying before, how horror games have steadily be, been coming back into you know into the gaming world. Uh, you know, with uh, what, what was the, the big PC horror game? It had the sequel, The Machine for Pigs. Oh, Amnesia. Amnesia, yeah. yeah. So you had Amnesia, you had Slenderman, mm-hmm. you know, the, the free downloadable game that everyone would play and show their friends. And, and this is along those lines. You know, this is a game that you want to sit your friend in front of and you want to see them react to to that scare. Right. But but I think it's just so smart of them, A, to, to have put it out when they put it out, uh, and then it just has a whole bunch of things going for it. It has Kojima, it has Del Toro. And then the whole Rita's thing, you're going to get a fan base that'll most likely just buy the game because he is in it. Yeah. Right. You know, because All the Walking Dead fans. Boondock Saints Boondock, fans. Exactly, yeah. He has All built those gossip up, fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just built up such a contingent of fans that, that they're, they're faithful and... Uh, they're going to jump in, and I think it's really cool. He's a great actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to know that a game that has been riddled with horrible voice acting in the past is going to have 
someone that I think will knock it out of the park, I, I think that's excellent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my thing about that is I think it's a little bit perfect because Silent Hill has always been a series that's based on American horror film tropes. Right. Uh, put through the guise of a, the lens of a Japanese uh, director and, and creative force, which is why they're so bizarre and crazy. So I think casting someone like Norman Reedus is, is a really good stroke of uh, of genius for them because it, you know it fits in. It now it looks like an American horror movie. Right. You know you could imagine Norman Reedus in a horror movie that looks just like produced by Guillermo del Toro you know this guy who goes in this this crazy town you know and he's the only one who uh, you know whatever <laughs> he's a little tortured you know all that stuff so I think it's kind of perfect in that way I think it I think like you guys are saying you put del Toro's name on it um, and you put Redis in it you know all of a sudden to just horror fans in general people are going oh what is this what is this game you know I've heard of Silent Hill before right I might maybe you've, maybe they've seen one of the movies or whatever it is um, and you put Kojima's name on it and then all of a sudden Gaming fans are like, oh my god, so they're they're doing something, they're taking it seriously, yeah. Because you know, Silent Hill: The Room, it was this era of the PS2 where they were going like, we have this game that's not going to do very well. What can we do with it? Let's put the name on. Let's put a name of a popular franchise on it because The Room wasn't a Silent Hill game for seventy five percent of its development, and then they were like, let's slap the Silent Hill name on it and let's change it into something else. Um, you know, it's like what they did. It's like uh, Devil May Cry was Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. It was a Resident Evil sequel, and then they and they slapped Devil May Cry on it. Uh, to change it, so that's like the opposite thing. But they were doing that a lot, um, and then down downpour is is not good. Um, Homecoming was was not good. No. Um, uh, Origins was pretty good. It was a PSP game that, that they ported to PS2. Interesting game. The Wii game, which was a remake of the first game, like kind of like a reimagining of the first game called Shattered Memories. Mm-hmm. That game was great. That was awesome. Yeah, oh, I didn't get to play that one. Yeah, that game is it's almost more like an adventure game because there's no combat in it. Uh huh. Um, and there's some annoying motion control stuff in it but the atmosphere of it is really cool they change up you know instead of when Silent Hill goes all crazy it doesn't turn to like Ashtown it, everything freezes right so there's a lot there's a snow mechanic and you use the Wiimote as a flashlight and that's kind of your major oh mechanic oh that chase scene yeah it's, it's, there's some really great stuff about it I might have to play this but this is the first new game I think people are going to be really excited about I mean right. like I said Karen is a huge Silent Hill fan and she's really pumped about this game coming out so um, do we think that cool. this is going to like this is going to start a whole new thing that we're going to get more and more Hollywood actors coming into video games if this takes off. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like, honestly, it trumps box office sales, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are already either forming their own studios, putting money into studios. Uh, they want their name names attached. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's exciting. I mean, look, Kojima's an, out- an outlier because Kojima obviously loves movies and he loves Hollywood and you know Kiefer Sutherland is in the new Metal Metal Gear game I can't even say it like a normal person I have to say it Kevin like Spacey in the new uh, Call of Duty Ghosts yeah Call of Duty Ghosts and the, Call of Duty's been doing that for a while right? they've been putting kind of celebrities into their games Ice Cube yeah. <laughs> Ed Harris was in one of those games Gary All Oldman right. was in one of those games uh, so I, I feel like it, it's a th- I think it works for certain things you know I think the, right. the games where you're supposed to be immersed as the character it doesn't work to me like in a, an RPG or something like that but in a right. game where you're just you're going along with a character's story, you know, like in an Assassin's Creed game, like it's no problem if that looks like another person because you're not like I am Ezio. Like that's not what you're thinking. You know, you're just like I'm playing as Ezio and going through Ezio's story, yeah, uh, and murdering six, seven thousand people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like Mass Effect or something like that, or I mean, Skyrim is in first person, obviously. But if you saw yourself in Skyrim and you were, you know. 
Norman Reedus, you'd be like, this is really weird because <laughs> I'm not Norman Reedus. So, right. yeah. But. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. If For me, it was, I didn't have the reaction that all of you guys had right at the start. I was kind of taken aback a little bit because the camera pans up very slowly. Yeah. And I was just expecting to see a video game character, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, I'm wondering, you know, how the, the graphics are going to be, what they're going to, characters going to look like now. And they pan up and it's Daryl from <laughs> yeah. The Walking Dead. Now, I think because he is so a part of that show and everybody, you know, if Daryl dies, mm-hmm. you know, we riot and blah, 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 that for just a just a moment, it didn't last long, but for a moment, I almost felt like they were like reaching real hard for that angle and that audience mm-hmm. and it being Silent Hill and it being, you know, something that you're really attached to and right. something you've loved forever that they're kind of like, like oh, they're, you know, they're sticking their finger in it and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But I talked to Rob and he, you know, he told me his reasons and I was totally turned around on the idea and the potential that it gives off for the possibility of having other major directors. You know, what if Peter Jackson wanted to be on the ground level Mm -hmm. of game? What if Steven Spielberg wanted to make a game and you have, you know, a Tom Cruise character come in or whoever, Mm -hmm. you know, people that are just fascinated with the medium that they're looking to stretch themselves or do something different, or maybe they've never done mocap and mm-hmm. whatever, and you're going to stick them into video games, which means better production, better story, um, and probably all around better execution. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. The, I don't want to spoil any moments from the, the teaser because it, it's great. Everybody should go check it out. If you don't like horror stuff, at least you know get scared and turn it off after 30 seconds, like Jackie, or give it to your significant other. <laughs> but uh, there's a moment. So there's like a... It's a horror game. I'm not. It's, it's there's a sort of like an apparition, like a ghost type yes. creature, and you see it a few times. Uh, something really scary happens with it. I'm not going to say what that is, but then when you're kind of going through again, every once in a while, like the radio will start to crackle, mm-hmm. which is a Silent Hill thing, and you know the, the and then there'll be like rumbling sounds, and then it kind of appears again at, at the end of a hallway. Yeah. And I I was playing it, and I was doing this thing where you, there's like a puzzle you have to do where you have to go back and forth from the like one area to another area to like build like a word. Yes. Um, and it happened while I was doing that, and I was like, I'm not going to turn back and do and, and like run away. So I look up, and it's just standing there at the end of the hallway, and I get really scared, and I'm looking at it, and I just go, I'm just going to run at it. I'm just going to run at it. And so I just put the, put the stick down and just ran straight at the thing. And then it just like screamed and like went through me like almost like go- the beginning of Ghostbusters. You yep, know? yep. That's uh, exactly what I thought of when it happened to me. Yeah. And uh, it happened and I was like, oh, okay. So that's what happens when you go in there. So I can go back to doing the game. But it was like, I was abjectly terrified running at the thing because I had no idea what mm-hmm. was going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And it looks beautiful. I mean, it looks gorgeous. It does. It's just it does. a hallway, but it looks amazing. Yeah. That's what made it so scary for yeah. me when I very first started playing it. It's just how realistic, well, how much I felt like I was walking down that hallway. Your mind, the thing that I thought was beautiful about it is that, you know, because there was such a buzz about it and everybody was saying how much it was creeping the shit out of them, that there's already an air about the room when you sit down to play it that you're, you know, you're looking to be scared. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's all of these things that you believe are going to happen that never happen. Oh, absolutely. That first, there's like a, a small alcove yeah. that you first go past. And yeah, mm-hmm. that, like, that potted plant, I knew something was going to happen. The coat never rack. Never does. How yeah, the time? coat rack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many times did you see that coat rack out the corner of your eye? And yep. you're like, oh, that oh was, it's all right. It's just the coat rack. That was Brendan. <laughs> Brendan was constantly seeing the coat rack and just, dude, dude. Just, what? What? Oh, no, nothing. It's nothing. I'm cool. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. It, um, yeah. Highly recommend anybody yes. that's curious about it. It's on the PS4 network. You can download it for free. 
and play it and uh, get, play with some friends. Yeah. It's good to <laughs> yeah. shit on yourself yeah. for a little while. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully this means a revival of the horror genre because I'll tell you, they make for the best videos and I would love to do more. Like, I'm... Yeah. I was on the fence with The Evil Within, and after playing PT, I'm going to buy it day one just because I want to sit down and be scared. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm uh, psyched. I think that uh, Karen and I are going to start doing, like, uh, Sunday night horror streams. Like, dude, we're going to play through, like, Silent Hill, like, oh, the first should. game and stuff like that. And just uh, just do it, because I, I agree with you. Like, it's so much fun to sit yeah. there and just be scared playing those games. It's a, it's a season to do it, too. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of time, yeah. <laughs> but um, definitely, definitely something that I would love to see come back, especially with... You know these powerhouse systems that we have. When you see the the graphical capabilities, if they could like screw you up with a coat rack, mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine what they could do on purpose. Other like, otherwise, did you play Outlast? I played. I played about a good two hours of okay. Outlast. I liked it, but just like what you were talking about before, where if you got stuck, you know, I just. I, st- I stopped caring yeah. about it after a while. And then I also heard about how long it actually was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, f- I was playing with somebody that had actually played it. And I thought that I was, you know, a good portion through the game, at least like 40, 50%. And they come into the room and they're like, oh, you playing Outlast? I said, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, did you just start it? And I said, no, not really. <laughs> I'm like, I've been playing it for a while. They're like, oh, you're like 20% in maybe. <laughs> and I just went, really? They go, yeah. And I went, <laughs> and it, it kind of killed the frame, but I got it for free. It's on my system. Mm-hmm. I could always go back. And also with the whole PT thing, it might be fun to now go back and purposefully do a stream and just sit down with the purpose of getting scared. Yeah. You know, to, for back then it was just to check it out, not mm-hmm. to seriously play it just to find out what everybody was talking about. Now that I'm g- kind of getting the taste and a fever for that kind of stuff again. I might play it with like you, like you said, with your head down, yeah, just gunning it and doing it, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, talk about PT. We got a lot to get to tonight, so I think we're going to move into a little Diablo talk because I don't want to uh, dismiss some very good questions that we had about Diablo, and I will read those in a second as soon as I scroll. Okay, so middle aged DM. Uh, wrote to us on Twitter, and he's at MiddleAgeDM on Twitter, and he says, could you give tips for Diablo noobs in terms of progressing characters and builds? Uh, he also wants to know, he also tweeted us, uh, he wants to know, what is farming? Uh, what do you do with all the loot? And then he was just telling us that he got the uh, the PS4 uh, Ultimate Evil Edition. Okay, so, Crash Course on playing Diablo 3 if you've never played it before. Just tell Jackie, because Jackie's never played it yes. before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's start and progressing with characters and builds. Rob, you're going to help me out with this one, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. Diablo is a game that is all about loot. It's all about building your characters and finding items. You have to love the thrill of the hunt to really get into this game, and you have to put in a lot of work if you want to build like a a dream character. Um, as far as items, you kind of have to pick and choose. Each character class has items or attributes about them that make them better characters. If you have a magic-based character, you need to make sure that you pick items that will boost your mana, will boost your cast rates, and stuff like that. Paying attention to what your character is supposed to be, whether they're supposed to be a tank, whether they're supposed to you know, have crazy magic damage and you know, mana output and stuff like that, Those things are really important, and you have to also pay attention 
to the character-specific items that they can wear. If you're the witch doctor, he has masks. He has shrunken heads that he can carry around. If you're the crusader, you have, you know, special armor and special shields and stuff like that. Um, You have to be very, very mindful. Uh, In regard to what do you do with your items... I, you have to go through them and you have to systematically take away anything that you're not going to use. You will make enough money in the game that you don't necessarily have to sell your stuff back because you're going to get, you know, pittance for, for whatever you find, especially if you're giving away crap to the, uh, to the, what is, what is his name? The merchant. Mm. Yeah. Let's just call him the merchant. Um, get to know your crafter. Get to know the guy inside of town that can boost your armor that can craft things for you. That's where you're going to be spending your money. That's where you're going to be crafting your items. You're going to be training him to make better items for you. Um, the best stuff is found out in the field. You'll just it'll just drop. It'll just happen. You know, it'll it'll hit the ground, and you'll see the little um, little display. The, yeah, that hmm. when that orange light shines up into the sky, there is nothing <laughs> better. Yeah, um, the loot is color coded. Oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, like no color is the junk stuff. Yeah, white. Yeah, okay. blue is magic, right? Yes. Um, and then yellow. Mm-hmm. Is it yellow? Yellow's rare. Yellow's rare. Yellow's Yellow's rare. rare. And then orange is yeah. legendary. Legendary. Yeah. Those, those are the only ones, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, so that's why the orange light is yes. Awesome yeah. to see. Well, it's <laughs> the only one that like casts like it's it's almost like the bat signal. It just shines <laughs> yeah. straight up into right. the air. Yeah. Right. It's like yes. The um <laughs> the white the white weapons are they're basically anything that you find that's white is pretty much trash. Like if you're not a low 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 level character, if you're naked and you find white stuff for the first couple of of levels, it's fine. But eventually, all you're going to do with That's these... just stuff to sell, right? Yeah. No, actually, no. You don't sell the white stuff. You break it down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to you want to bring it to the crafter, and you want to break down your items. That's what I recommend doing with your items. Even the legendary stuff, even the rare stuff, if you don't think you're going to pass it on to another character or use it yourself, break it down. If you're, if you're not hurting for money, always break down your items, because whatever you get from breaking items down you're going to use to craft new things that will be much better than anything that you will have sold to the merchant because he'll give you garbage for it um what else could we uh recommend uh well just like you said i build up either your friends list uh look on the forums they have trading networks and stuff like that because through the show alone, every time I log on, I have at least 15 to 20 males mm-hmm. in-game, and I'll jump on, and it's just a crapload of items mm-hmm. from other players that are either passing down. I or... have yet to get one item from anybody. Are you... oh, okay. <laughs> uh, who are passing down their old legendaries, uh, and then that's what I do, too. I'll look on my friends list and see what kind of character they have, and... Pass, pass the items mm-hmm. down. I haven't seen you on in a while. I haven't been able to play. Okay, <laughs> so then that's why you haven't gotten anything. <laughs> um, and then in the game itself, they have, uh, like, let's say you kill an enemy, a gift will fall, and it, it'll say, like, you know, a gift for, and then name a player that, that has the game on your friends list. Mm-hmm. And you're able to just click on it, and it sends it to that player's mailbox, and it's most likely a legendary item that... Right, that'll benefit them greatly. Yeah, 
So yeah, yeah, just uh, get to know which which of your friends have the game, and, mm-hmm. and just let them know, like, hey, I'm playing a demon hunter. Right. Um, give me any agility items you have. No. See, Diablo used to be a game uh, for the first one and the second one in Lord of Destruction. It was a game where you would get skill points and you would be able to build on your skills at your choosing and you could up, you know, what your skills were going to be. In Diablo 3, excuse me, it is entirely item based. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the loot. Diablo is all about the loot. The better loot you find, the more powerful your moves will be. And as you progress through the game and you level up, you'll be able to, you know, set all of your your attributes and your moves and your skills and all of that stuff to your character. Fit, you know, mix and match. Figure out what suits your playstyle, Rob. Uh, and the first thing you do, go into the options and turn on elective mode. Yes. Because as you level up and you start to get uh, new moves that you could do, the computer will automatically assign what spot it goes in based on what level you are. If you pick elective mode, mm-hmm. then you can choose different attributes and put them in whichever you know slot that you you want yeah Mm -hmm. you can it's pretty much like if you like they allow you to customize your controller Mm. um and you don't have to keep the same type of move uh, um set to that button you can set it up however you like Mm -hmm. um which is you know if you start to associate skills in your head of like a movement skill or you know a powerful magic skill or something that cast an aura or some kind of sigil or something that regardless of which one you get it's always going to be your your triangle button or your circle button or what have you um another tip is always 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 when you see i call them loot goblins they're the little like troll dudes running around they look like the things from golden axe they're treasure goblins yeah Yeah, treasure goblins you drop whatever you're doing doesn't matter what you're doing and you go and you hunt them down and you beat the crap out of them mm-hmm. and you pick up everything that they drop. And that's the other thing. I keep thinking of things as we go along. Pick everything up. Pick everything up. Whether you sell it or whether you break it down, whether you, and no matter how many times you have to go back to town, pick everything up, even if it's white, even if it's cracked, even if it's garbage, and bring it back to you and either sell it or break it down for materials. Because as much of that stuff as you have and you're like, oh, I got tons in my stash and nah, nah, nah. You will always need it. You will always need it. Uh, and another tip is whenever you see like a cave or a side story or a character that needs your help and they have something for you to do, a small task, don't just gun the story. Explore and find those little caves or those cellars or whatever because at the end of every one of them is a glowing chest that more than likely is where you're going to find your big items and your and your big money. Yeah, a resplendent chest. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're worth it. Yeah, yeah, they're worth doing. Well, as as a relative noob to do Diablo, this is the mm-hmm. I, I played a little bit on the a little bit of Diablo three um, on the PC when it first came out, but it was the first Diablo game I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had a PC that could run anything, so I never never got the previous Diablo games. Uh, it's funny to hear you guys talk in the way you're talking, but you're talking like very like very strategy oriented, like specific way to do it. Yeah. I don't want people to get scared hearing like what you guys are saying because basically what Diablo is is you take a character and you just go kill monsters and you you slam buttons for a while and it's a ton of fun. You don't have to slam buttons. You can just hold it down once. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> I like to slam buttons because I like to. I want to slam it. Like I don't mean I don't do it like for each skill. I mean when I sw- when I switch I'm switching skills is what I mean. Um, so. Uh, 
you know, I've had a great time. I mean, the story is hot garbage, but I go, I just have a, a ton of fun just going out and uh, leveling up and getting cool new powers and just, it's real, a lot of fun just walk into a room and be like, you know, here's my fucking, like, my spear. And, living and, a mess. Yeah, yeah, just living a mess. You know, you hit your, hit your one button, you know, your area of effect yeah. spell happens and like, you know, ten guys die, and every every table in the place breaks, and you're like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's like gold coming out. And you're walking over it, um, yeah. and I'm I'm playing as a crusader. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I built. Which for. is the class, the new class with the expansion, I believe. It yes. wasn't, but previous. Um, I like him because he's tankish, mm-hmm. but he also has a little bit of magic, um, and he's not really really slow. So it, it, I think it's a good. I think it's a good class for people who, who haven't been playing the game. He's very balanced. He's very balanced to play. Um, I mean, I think it's tough when, when, when we, you know, I just released our understanding, like the delineation between the different types of characters and like what it means to be a tank or a, mm-hmm. a damage dealer or a, a magic user and what the different roles were going to be. Right. Um, you know, I, it, you know, I think about it in, in terms of, I, I have to think about it in terms of like classic RPG stuff, you know, because like when we were playing, when you're playing child of light, let's say, yeah. and you have like, you know, you have your, your two characters, you know, you, you have your one character who's kind of quick attacks or magic attacks and you have the one that's just like there to like absorb damage or the one that's there to heal and I have to think about it in those terms because if I don't I think about it like any kind of character action game and I'm like and I and I forget that it has those aspects to it you know right. I think about it like any other third person action game right um, it, it looks great in the PS4 uh, it's snappy I haven't heard any slowdown or anything with it yet yeah no none um, I'm playing on hard and it's wicked easy I, I will say that which I don't think is a problem. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to just like yeah. destroy. I was actually going to bring that up next. To just wreck. It's, it's so much fun to do it. But it, like, it is like... It, I'm playing on hard having never really played Diablo before. Yes. Um, I feel like if you're probably an experienced player, probably expert is the way you want to go mm-hmm. starting out. But I, it, normal... I think is going to be just too easy to have really have a fun with. Well, the one of the great things about Diablo 3 is that you can increase the difficulty whenever you want. So if yeah. you feel that the game is too easy, like you could start on normal to get like, let's say your starter levels and just kind of, you know, get your armor, have a decent weapon. And then if you feel that the game is too easy, you notch it up a little bit and see how you do. Um, I mean, we've been going through the game. Brendan and I were in the middle of the third act, I believe. And I like we we've ramped it up, I think, to expert at this point. Mm. But, um, you know, play with it. Yeah. Um. I will say this about Diablo 3. It's a very different animal compared to Diablo's 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. This is much more like the greatest version of Gauntlet that you've ever played. Right, right, yeah. More so than it feels like a like a straight Diablo mm-hmm. game. Um there is so much game content in this in this game that you're going to want to take characters to level 70. You're going to want to go into the different uh portals for the paragon levels and all of this stuff. I've seen, I've played Diablo a lot, like a lot, a lot, probably more so than any other game I've ever played in my life. And I'm still seeing every day on my Twitter feed shit that I've never experienced. I, that's why I keep going back. Mm. And I like, like I'm going to Canada for, for in, on Friday and I'm going to have a week at my girlfriend's place. She works during the day. So like I got to chill. I, I do a little bit of work, but otherwise I'm going to get to play in some like hardcore Diablo while I'm there. And I just, I just want to push myself to that point where I start to see I've seen people with you know 17 resplendent chests in one spot Mm -hmm. because they went into like a a goblin portal and every enemy in that place 
is one of the the loot goblins, one of the treasure right, things. Right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, just to have the opportunity, there's another thing where there's a level of cows, and it's just cows with spears and helmets <laughs> on coming after you. I got the first piece, two pieces for the, to the bo- make that. The bovine portal. Yeah. And there's a, there's a portal that leads to like a Last of Us yeah. themed area of Us. as well, and, yeah. And there's a shadow of the Colossus armor. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I got to find out. Somebody has to have found it by now. Somebody has to have found it. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, I have to. I have to look up some uh, some tips and tricks. And one last thing that we'll uh, we'll touch on real quick before we uh, leave the Diablo talk is he wants to know what is farming. Uh, and he says, "What do you do with all the loot?" Uh, like we said, pick up everything. And whether you sell it or whether you break it down, I recommend breaking it down. Um, that's what you do with all of the loot. Anything that you're not wearing, you trade it in. And as far as what is farming, farming is something that you do in a game like Diablo or in games in general when you're searching for a specific item or you're trying to make a recipe where you pretty much know what enemy is going to drop what and you constantly fix the situation so that you fight that enemy again and again and again. And farming is basically reaping the same items again and again. Or you can look at farming enemies for levels as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like grinding. Yeah, it's, it's grinding. Grind. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's grinding. grinding. It's just doing it something over and over again that you don't have to do over and over again right. for a specific reward. Um, I will say I do like the systems. Like I, I think, you know, obviously you have like your party, whatever. You have like your companion that goes with you. Um, you know, the way I play, and it depends on how you play, I don't like subtlety in games like this. I just want to be pounding. I don't want to worry about I don't want to be worrying about healing. So I always equip like the companion with the healing stuff. You know, I never like bring the thief with me because I always, I just want the bar- the barbarian dude who's just going to like heal me every time I get down low with health. And, um, uh, I'm, I, I equipped with, you know, you have the passive slots too. So you have the active slots, which you do like are your powers and passive stuff, which, which just helps you with like buffs and stuff on, on your character. And one of the passive, one of the passive buffs I have is that you, you know, you could, you can wield two handed weapons in one hand. So uh, Rob sent me like a spear, which is the two-handed <laughs> weapon, but I, I got that perk right when I hit the level where I could use that spear. Oh, that's perfect. So I, I used it and I could wield it with one hand and still have my shield. I was wrecking it. Wrecking it the whole wrecking time. It, wrecking it like Ralph. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I have like a whole chain gang of, of stuff coming to me yeah. and then I'm sending it off. It's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Why don't we get to our main event? All right. Okay. So... Uh, for this week's podcast, we decided to go back into our brains and decide what are our top five portable games of all time. Uh, we're going to go around the table and we're going to share our lists. Who should go first? It's up to you. You're the host. Jackie. Oh, really? <laughs> you look Pick so comfortable. I want you to have to sit up. <laughs> I'm slouching. Come on. Uh, you can do it. Did well. you call Justin and ask him? I did text Justin and say, Justin, what are my top five favorite games? And what did, what did Justin say your top five? What, did, what does Justin say your fi- your fifth favorite game <laughs> is? Actually, he was very nice. He didn't realize I was teasing him. He was actually very nice and did pretty much offer to tell me. But um, so I can't, they're not definitive. I would say I Mario Kart games. Like no, 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 no. I can't pick one. No, no, no. You have to pick no, one. You have, you have to pick one. Yeah. I've I, not no. had enough. Like I've never had 3DS or anything like that. You have, but, well, then just give me a specific Mario Kart title. It was in the texts, in the plan, <laughs> that there were no blanket titles. You need to pick one. You want me to come back to you? What was the last one on the 3DS? Because I played it on Luke's. Probably Mario, Mario Kart. Kart 7. There, there you, go. you go. Mario Kart 7. It's the only one I can remember. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear 4 through 1. 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. My uh, my number five game uh, comes from the PSP, and it is one of the first games that was released for the PSP. It might have even been a launch title. I'm not sure. But does anybody remember Lumens? Luminous. Yeah, Luminous. Luminous. Yeah. I always called it Lumens. Luminous. Luminous. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely positively, I need to find my copy. I know that I still have my PSP, but I'm not sure if I still have uh, Lumines. <laughs> I cracked out on that game. For people that don't know what Lumines is, is it's a music-based uh, game where you have a grid with uh, boxes and pieces that come down. and You basically just have to make larger boxes, and then they destroy themselves, kind of like a Tetris-type situation, and the music gets faster colors change and it gets very psychedelic and just very harried as you you go along and the idea is to just just like tetris with getting as many lines as you can you push and you push and you push further into this game the faster it goes to get more and more boxes to get destroyed i mean round after round after round after round and the music was good too like it wasn't fantastic but because you're moving the pieces every time that you move the boxes around and you switch the pieces around it makes different sounds. You get clapping sounds, you get, you know, horns and all these crazy things. So all of a sudden your gameplay is now participating in the track and in the music as you're playing. I'm a huge fan of music generated games in general. Um, so when we were thinking of this list, that was like the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, what obscure weird thing did I like? Ah, oh, Luminous. Like that's <laughs> awesome. So yeah. So my number five is Luminous from the PSP. Rob. Okay. Uh, my number five is 999. Oh, yeah, the visual novel? Correct, yeah. yeah what was yeah. that? I didn't know about that. Uh, it's for the DS. Yeah. Uh, it is nine hours, nine person, nine doors. Uh, hmm. Like Bobby said, visual novel, you go through um, basically like choose your own adventure. Uh, story is so trippy, and it has an element where you go through the story once, and certain things happen, but then you have to go through the story again. But you could skip all your cutscenes your second time through. And that opens up elements that weren't there before. So you get Ooh. a different side of the story. And so on and so forth until you go through that final time and it unlocks, you know, what really happened, quote hmm. unquote. And it's, it's just like one of those trippy Twin Peak type. This is for the DS? Line. Yeah, oh yeah. Ooh, I'm going to have to get that. There's a sequel as well, right? Uh, Virtue's Last Reward, which came out for the DS and the P PS Vita? Yeah, I haven't played that one okay. yet, though. Yeah, yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds like something I would totally be into. Yeah, yeah. And it's a great, great, great travel game. Sweet. I'm going to have to uh, have to load that up. Nice. Bobby. My number five is a Nintendo DS game. It's called Elite Beat Agents. Yes, oh, I I was, I'm so glad that you brought this up. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up. Not only did we have, we have a tweet about it, which I will find... But, oh my god, I actually have... You tell us first. I have an Elite Beat Agent story. It's a little sad, but go ahead. <laughs> so I, uh, for the, um, the, the the winter that the Wii was launched, I worked at the Nintendo World Store oh, cool. in Rockefeller Center here in New York. And um, I, I probably wouldn't have known what Elite Beat Agents was if it wasn't for working there and you know all the people who work there being obsessed with it. And so one day I just, before I left for work, left from work, I bought it and threw it in my DS and 
hopped on the train and I had a pretty long like subway ride. I was living in the city at the time. I had to go from kind of uptown to all the way down to the financial district, which is like the opposite side of the island. Oh yeah. And so I was, and I just started playing it and you have to play with headphones because it's a rhythm game. Yes. Um, but it's not a rhythm game. Like it, like, you know, like rock band or guitar. It's not even an abstract rhythm game. Like, you know, um, like amplitude or, or something like that. Uh, or even luminous, which you were talking about before. Right. Uh, it's a story-driven rhythm game where you're playing as like this squad of these elite beat agents, <laughs> but you're going through these stories of these people, some of which are extremely like intense, yeah, uh, and sad. Uh, you know, like really, and, and you know, you, as you play through, you, your job is kind of like you, you get if you do not beat the level, so to say something bad will happen to the people that are in the level that you're playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I I was, uh, you know, I was, I was playing the game and I looked up and I was in Brooklyn, which was, which was like a stop pass where I had to get off at Wall Street. That's awesome. So I had to jump on the train and and go back. Uh, It's just, it's a crazy game. It's, it's so beautifully Japanese Mm -hmm. um, because it would never, no Western developer would ever come up with the ideas that are in Elite Beat Agents. No. Uh, the rhythm aspect of it is a lot, really fun. The music, although not licensed at all, is incredibly catchy. Um, I'm pretty sure it's all original from it. Uh, really, really great. It, it, it's definitely the standout to me in kind of like those Nintendo-based rhythm games they put out. Yeah. Uh, really, really fantastic game. I just It, it always sticks with me, even until now. I was... I love Elite Beat Agents, and we actually we have a tweet uh, from Eric Suing, who is at Chopped Suing on Twitter genius <laughs> played a ton of games on the ds but believe it or not elite beat agents was my favorite played the hell out of that game it's a great game it is a great game i had i got that game i got that game along with final fantasy 3 mm-hmm. um i was unfortunately i was in the hospital i spent about two weeks in the hospital uh post-surgery playing the crap out of elite beat agents and i was so happy and i was getting you know far in the game and whatnot and the day that i'm checking out i go to use the facilities and I put my my DS down, and I because I was so excited to get out of the hospital, and I left, and I ran back to the to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and my DS was gone. Oh my god, that so, sucks. Aww. it is. It's sad. It's stupidity on my part, <laughs> but sad. But that's what I I remember for those two weeks that I did have Elite Beat Agents. I had the best time with it. I completely. I played Final Fantasy three. Found out that like there was no potions and no Phoenix mm-hmm. Downs for you know, a hundred miles and mm-hmm. gave up and, and just yeah, yeah. played the living crap out of elite beat agents. I love that game. Thought it was amazing. Yeah. Jackie, did you come up with yours? Is <laughs> you she, She's got a little Dead list in front of her. Yeah, I have a little list. Yeah, yeah. Small list. I know my number one, which is important. I would like your number four game. <laughs> right, My number four is actually something we've already talked about, uh, but I love that rogue legacy. I can play that on my Vita and continue to keep maxing all my stats out. And then I can come home, cross save it, put it on the PS4 and as I've done this week, hand it to my son and while I'm working, let him put all my stats up. <laughs> so that would be, that would be my number four. I'm loving the transition between the two things. Very nice. I love it. How is he at the game? Actually, wasn't very good. Now he's killing it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's very good. He was like, hmm, it's kind of like Mario almost. I said, yep, there you go. Knock, knock yourself out and he loves it. That's so, awesome. So he's, yeah. he's padding your game. Yeah, like Bobby said, he's like my little game robot. Yeah. Well, that's what Justin needs. Gaming minion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, when, yeah, when Jorok is old enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jorah. 
Jorah. Jorah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hear this. He named this kid yeah, yeah. after his Twitter handle. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, My so bad. It's very handy. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> the Vita's great for those type of games. Yes. Like that, Hotline Miami, yep. uh, Spelunky. It's great for those those type of games. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I still have not played Spelunky. Oh, man. I know. Oh, man. I know. It's good. I know. <laughs> if you like Rogue Legacy... You will like Spelunky. I met somebody uh, last time I went to Canada. My uh, one of our good friends out there. I asked him. I said, "What's your favorite game of all time?" He actually said Spelunky. Oh wow! And he's like, he's a, he's a cool dude, but he like he knows and plays a lot of games. I expected him to say something maybe I'd never heard of. And when he landed on Spelunky, I remembered how much you were playing. You were playing it when we were going out to that Warner Brothers gaming <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, on yeah, the train. Yeah. Oh no, that was um, SteamWorld Dig. Oh, yes. which is also fantastic. Hmm. <laughs> that almost made this list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was a comic. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, my number four. My number four is Kirby Triple Deluxe for the 3DS. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, loved it. Loved everything about it. Here comes yeah, we talked dog. about that a little while ago, mm-hmm. right? Because Rob was really into it as well. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That was the one you were talking about. Like I like I said, it might be that I've never played a Kirby game uh, before Triple Deluxe. And perhaps for some, it was just, you know, standard fare. It was pretty and it was cool. But that game really just had such a great time with it. Had so much fun getting all of the stars, figuring out all the little, um, like all the little secrets and stuff like that. And I, th- I thought that as the game continued, especially towards the later levels, that it ramped up in difficulty a little bit. That you know I would have twenty lives and I was cruising, and I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't so bad. And then I would look down and I'm like, I have seven lives Mm -hmm. left. How did that happen? And then I was like, I got to get serious about this. And just beautiful, like Wii U style graphics in your hand. Absolutely positively gorgeous and so much fun and adorable. So uh, I loved it. Awesome. Rob, number four. Number four, uh, Castlevania, Ariasara. Nice. Hands down. Is that the uh, Advance one or the DS? That's Game Boy Advance. That's Game Boy Advance, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I grew up, I was a Castlevania freak. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Loved them all, played them all, uh, imported Dracula X, just everything. So when a portable Castlevania came out and then turned out to be amazing, amazing. I mean, when, when they call games metroid you know metroidvania games mm. now it's, it's, this is pretty much where it came from the map system mm-hmm. opening up uh the castle well technically okay, it came from the playstation yeah, one. let's all say it came from super okay. metroid okay yes, let's, yes. let's 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 it, they're metroid style games okay because castlevania was not that type of game before super metroid did what it did all right this bullet oh it's metroidvania no it's metroid style game all right <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows the to- the term. I know, I know. Uh, the term okay. the term bothers me. I'm sorry, Metroid. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it was a hard time picking between Aria and Harmony of Dissonance, so I I went with Aria. I really like the uh, what uh, the DS ones, uh, an Order of Ecclesia, and what was the one before? It was Dawn of Sorrow. Dawn of Sorrow. That's Portrait right. of Ruin. Portrait of Ruin. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. then the uh, the Ecclesia one. Yeah, yeah. Those are really good too. I really like those games. We might be hearing about one of those oh. in a little bit. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Bobby, what's your number four? My number four is uh, another DS game. It's a uh, new Super Mario Brothers. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, I, I believe that is the reason why I bought my DS was when that when that came out. Um, I remember buying it. I stuck it in there, and uh, 
I was just amazed. Like, you know, it's bef- obviously now we've gotten like a thousand. Yeah, we've got like five of those now. New Super Mario Brothers games. So they've kind of lost their, their luster at this point. But there really hadn't been a 2D side-scrolling Mario game in a while at, at the point where, you know, the, the, the DS game came out. And I remember the first time you get that giant mushroom and you can just like walk through the level knocking all <laughs> yep. this stuff down. Uh-huh. I, was, I was amazed. I was amazed how, how good it looked. On this, this on this handheld system, mm-hmm. um, I, I loved uh, the level design. I loved playing through it. I loved the music. Uh, I just I, I played that game. I, I think in like two days. I just couldn't put it down. Is that the one that had all the mini games with it as well, like memory, and then the yeah, you like flip- all the dudes coming out, and you had like almost like a whack a mole. It had a couple of mini games. Yeah, I don't remember for sure. It had the card flip where you would match cards. Yeah, that's, match card that's game. definitely yeah, yeah that's, that's the one I'm thinking game. of. Yeah. That, <laughs> I loved like the main part of that game, but the those trampoline mini games one. were fantastic. Yeah, the trampoline one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just great. It was just so much fun to play that game. It was it had the right amount of nostalgia and the right amount of new. Uh huh. And yeah. like w- with the games on my list and with mm-hmm. the Mario you just mentioned, like I could associate every game with with where I was playing it, or like with Super Mario, New Super Mario Brothers. I was on a road trip. We were going to uh, Cape Cod. And that whole car ride, it was like a four or five hour car ride. And that whole time I played Mario without a stop, without a pause. Mm-hmm. I wow. wouldn't get out of the car like at, <laughs> at rest stops or anything. I just kept playing it. <laughs> oh, love that game. That's cool. awesome. I remember playing that on the, the LIRR. Mm-hmm. I just back and forth to the city shredding that game. <laughs> Loved it. Jackie, number yes. three. Uh, Crash Bandicoot on my Game Boy Advance. Because I spent hours and hours and hours playing that, and it was the only game I ever bought for my Game Boy Advance. Crash Bandicoot yes. on a Game Boy on a Nintendo. Yep, yep. It was on my Game Boy Advance. It's probably. I mean, it, it stopped being a Sony only property pretty early yeah. on. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it was, you know, it was exactly the same as the the regular games, but oh handheld. It was, yeah, and it was awesome. And it's just, I have good memories because I loved those games. So being able to have it in a portable device was awesome. Excellent. That's my number three. All right. Uh, my number three is Zelda, A Link Between a Link Between Worlds. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we got helicopters. Helicopters coming in. <laughs> They're coming to get me. Uh, it was called Crash Bandicoot, Bandicoot The Huge Adventure, I think is what it was called. Uh-huh. That sounds it's cool. Maybe. That's what it was called. And there was <laughs> Entranced also. Okay. Is it a I think it might have been that one. Zelda a link to two worlds or a link to both worlds? A link between worlds. A link between the worlds. Legend of Zelda a link between worlds. That's your number three? Yeah. It's also my number three. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, it's mine too. Is it really? <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, for me, it was everything that I loved. I mean, the Link to the Past is still my, my favorite Zelda game. It was everything that I loved about Link to the Past, but felt new enough to you know derive just a serious amount of joy and i loved the borrowing system and then eventually purchasing things and i just i liked the freedom of it and the execution of it i thought was pretty flawless yeah yeah absolutely i mean for me it was i love zelda games but as i get older the first two to three hours of a zelda game were nothing happens and they're basically teaching you how to play a Zelda game mm-hmm. I, I have less and less patience for it and you. the fact that Link Between Worlds which is like here you go here's your sword go you uh-huh. know do you want to know what, do you want to do this 
If you don't, fine, just hit B. And if you do, come back and I'll tell you how to do it. I love that they give you optional tutorials. I love the, the fact that you could do the dungeons in any order you wanted. Mm-hmm. I love that there was such like a, a disparity in gameplay because I remember I was talking with Rob about it in the shop afterwards and, and he was like, I still, how do you catch that, that guy? Oh, oh right, my God, right, yeah. Right. And I was like, you didn't catch the guy? The guy gives you the fast boots? And you're like, you're like, no. And I was like, how did you beat the game without catching the guy who gives you the fast boots? I was like, all you got to do was go inside the wall and then jump out behind him. Yep. <laughs> I was so pissed. <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> the thing about me is like, I wouldn't leave that part until I got the boots because I figured right. yeah, I have to get them, right? Uh, it was That was funny. That's great. I love that. And I think that the story ends up being really mm-hmm. good as well and it, it looks great. Story. Those play mechanics of, of morphing into the wall yeah, and stuff like that. Just a nice... You know, new and creative spin. Like they're always doing with the the Majora's Mask and stuff mm. like that, or the Ocarina, where you're given a new ability or a new object that will help change the gameplay. Being a part of the paintings and going 2D and moving around the world and kind of having to almost like fez your way around yeah. things. Um, I just thought was genius. I love how the music got like tinny when you yeah, were inside yeah, yeah. the wall like <laughs> yeah like the all, all of a sudden like the zelda you know hyrule theme would be be muted that when you go really on the cool. wall and it was great because you know if you played link to the past all of a sudden you could go places that you could never go mm-hmm. in link to the past it's like oh my god so this is what it looks like over here and i thought all that stuff w- w- was really awesome and i just it was an addictive game to play I, I couldn't put it down yeah 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 all right so that was all so we all right so we can bypass yeah go straight to number two right go for it yeah all right so my number two i feel like I've played this game a lot and I feel like you have to talk about this if we're going to have this discussion. And my number two is Tetris. Uh, which one? D- the first one, the original old Game Boy. One that came with the Game Boy. Yeah, the one, one that came with the original dun, dun, Game Boy. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Dun. Yeah, one because my, uh, exactly. So everyone spent hours playing that. Everyone our age has played that game. I fucking hate Tetris. I'm sorry. Sorry. I do not like Tetris. I feel like I can just like I can play it sleeping. You know, like it doesn't require any brain power and it's addictive. And did you play the brain power? What are you talking about? You can just like switch off, and it's just another part of your brain takes over. Not the regular part. No, 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 no. The piece of your brain that you know, has spatial awareness, yeah. takes over, and yeah. the rest of your brain just goes off and does something else. <laughs> Did you play uh, Nintendo uh, Tetris DS? The no. one with all the... Oh, you have to play that. I've only ever played the original. It's really good because no. uh, it has levels and they have like music from the different games in the levels. Yeah. Oh, cool. The Zelda one is like freaking amazing. Yeah, the Zelda, like, like Zelda, <laughs> Mario, Metroid, all these themed cool. levels. Yeah. And you can, you can adjust the game so that you can make it old school rules and just yeah. see how many lines you can get. <laughs> I I remember I was on a a car trip to go to a show. I was going to Project Revolution and I got over 200 lines in the thing and it like the game ended and and I thought like I had broken Tetris. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I am the man. And I found out that it was just because I got over 200. But when you can do, you can do endless, uh, that game can get insane. Yeah. And you just, it's one of those things where really quick, you just hit the button, do it again, do it again. Uh, Yeah. I'm a big fan of Tetris. I can understand why Rob wouldn't like it. I am a fiend. I, I can't understand it. Uh, well, I, I'll tell <laughs> you. I will why. tell you exactly why. Tetris and Dr. Mario both. Um, I had a friend throughout middle school and high school who wanted to do nothing but play those games, <laughs> <laughs> and it pissed me off. <laughs> so, and it was it was terrible with with Dr. Mario because Dr. Mario had the like Tetris didn't have two player mode until 
like later on. Yeah, right? not the first one. No. Oh, yeah, the but, Dreamcast version did. Yeah. Well, but and then the uh, the uh, NES one had it as well. I believe the Tetris Two for the NES had hmm. a two player mode. Okay, Tetris Two, yeah. But Doctor yeah. Mario had two player mode before Tetris. Oh did. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would be like, "Okay, best of five. Like, no, I do, I do not want to play this game. You'd be like, no, best of five, and that that's who goes and gets food or something like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Best of five. It was best of five with everything. That That's how we decided who who would do particular tasks. You got to kill those viruses, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> flip those pills and kill those viruses. Nope. He's not a licensed doctor, though. The yeah, same, they did just say Yeah, that, the same yeah. like book that had like the Yoshi name in it. Uh-huh. Because he's not actually a licensed doctor. So, so thank I guess, you for clearing that up, Nintendo. <laughs> I guess nobody here played the, the revamped version for the Wii. I out. didn't play it. I, I love Dr. Mario. Okay. Oh, I love Dr. Mario, but I did not play the new version, no. All right. The yeah. Dr. Luigi? Yeah, I know. I haven't played yeah, it either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number two. My number two game is Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow on the Nintendo DS. Uh, I love Aria. As well, but I mean, oh god, Dawn just seeing the game presented in that way with the anime cutscenes and you know the the Castlevania dialogue is forever cheesy. That's part of the charm of those games, but they actually managed to make like a pretty cool story, and the mechanics of it were fantastic. That every enemy that you encounter in the game, you can now extract if you're lucky enough, you'll extract their soul and you get a new ability. So talk when, about farming. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, exactly. Talk about yeah. farming. When you're getting upward of like, you know, a hundred plus enemies and you're adding with each enemy a new move to your repertoire, the like customization of your character and just having to rack your brain for what do I have in my arsenal. Like I started playing it again today. I started a fresh file and I was stuck within like the first ten minutes. I just back and forth, back and forth. No idea. Like, what the hell do I have to do? I see a room, but I can't jump there. It's just, I don't, I can't, I don't have a double jump. It's not, I can't jump high enough. Mm. What the hell is going on? And then I killed an armored knight and got his soul. And apparently you can, you can jump and then you'll float down if you hit the right trigger. So I jump and I float down. I pick up my new Glacius. I equip it. I got a new sword and a whole other section of the castle is open to me. And I find a shop where you can take the excess souls that you have and you can craft new weapons with them. So not only are you getting all of these moves and all of these souls, you're now imbuing your weapons and your armors and whatnot with the, you know, souls of your enemies and just becoming more and more powerful. I love the leveling system, the idea of it also being uh, an RPG style kind of game and Everything from the new designs for the enemies, the wargs at the beginning, it was, it's so, I mean, even playing it today, it has not lost a single, a single part of its, like, its flair and its beauty, and it just, for being on the DS, it looks incredible. It looks like it's, you'd be playing it on, you know, one of the newest systems. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely dying for a new Castlevania on the 3DS. I know that they did one. Not the same. But it's, yeah, it's the 3D ones. I haven't played it. To be fair, I haven't played it, but I would be so much more interested if they just did a side-scrolling, another 2D. You could have the 3D elements where they layer the backgrounds. That could be, or, you know, particle effects and whatever. That'd be nice. But beyond that, just give us give us what we want, man. Mm-hmm. Give us another, you know, 2D uh, exploratory Castlevania. I think that would be incredible. So, yeah, Castlevania, uh, Dawn of Sorrow is my number two. Rob. 
Uh, my number two is Metroid Zero Mission. What was that for? Uh, that was Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Advance, yeah. 2004. Ooh. Is that before or after Fusion? Uh, before. Before, okay. Yeah. Uh, but again, just as my love of Castlevania came, my love of Metroid and uh, Metroid, Super Metroid, right into this this game. Again, for some reason, I just love these open exploration, you know, Metroid-style games. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm sure somebody's gonna yell at me, and the <laughs> listeners gonna yell at me for saying that. But. Yeah, but um, again, I associate this one. This was a Disneyland trip, and I think I spent more time in the hotel room. <laughs> as sad <laughs> as it sounds, but yeah, it's just it's it's amazing. I just loved like the 2002, 2003, 2004 era. There were just some amazing handheld games and that that's just when you know you would start playing and think to yourself like wow okay now portable gaming is becoming mm-hmm. like a real thing mm-hmm. and uh you know that this was one of the big games that that set that in my head fantastic awesome bobby number two uh my uh, number two I'm sorry i just lost it there uh Sorry, oh, I, do, I do it all the time game boy advance as well uh warioware twisted I love that game. Oh, my number two. Um, I've never played that. Jackie and I actually played it um, on the Wii U because they're releasing <laughs> yes. Game Boy Advance games yeah. on the Wii U. We played uh, a few rounds of it. Uh, WarioWare to me is this like kind of singular entity in the world. If people have never played WarioWare before, it's micro games. It's not many games. They're games that last, I don't know, five to ten seconds at the most usually, um, and they're usually like one or two, one button, very quick. Uh, little things you have to do to kind of get past them and they stack them up and it ends with the, you know, you face a boss and you have a certain amount of times you can lose them. Um, and they're all, they all, the art style is always ridiculous, uh, but, and it has ridiculous characters and it's over the top, but it's just so much fun to play. It's, it's tense because you have to get through these things very, very quickly. It's funny. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's endlessly entertaining uh, and you it know, it was I, a lot of fun when we played it. Yeah, it's you just are, you're screaming, and it's yeah, it's like a three second long game, and you're screaming at each other yeah. about it. You're like, pick the pick your pick the nose, pick that guy's <laughs> nose. It's like you know, a giant weird nose you have to pick, right? You know, right. And, and all this other stuff. Um, you know, it's it's just fantastic. I mean, the WarioWare series is great in general. Uh, it kind of except for the newest one. Uh, but uh, smooth moves, smooth moves is fantastic yeah yeah <laughs> the one for the wii is great mm-hmm. uh yeah so it's just a great series it's just so much fun and uh i i endless amounts of entertainment playing wario were twisted Come right on. on yeah jackie <gasps> dun, dun, dun. number one number one all right so we uh kind of mentioned well i haven't mentioned it but did similar um my number one is actually legend of zelda spirit tracks Really? Which, yeah, I absolutely adored that game. I it, just found my copy the other day. Oh, you did? Yep. It's just, I it's never played so, that. oh, it's so charming and it's it's typical Zelda. It's, you know, engaging and the puzzles are awesome. But my main reason is number one is I never had a DS, but my mum did. Hmm. My 60-year-old mum had a DS and I went back for Christmas one year and she was like, I got this game. It's called Zelda. <laughs> and I don't know how to do this. And I said, like, ooh, ooh, I can do it. I can do it. And I spent the whole Christmas holiday just playing Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. And it's just, it's a wonderful game. Really good. And like I said, we we taught, I mean, I might change my mind if I played Link Between Worlds, but I haven't. So for mm-hmm. me, handheld, this is my favorite game and my favorite Zelda handheld game. All right. That's my number one. That's awesome. Sounds good to me. My number one is Pokemon Diamond. I 
started with Pokemon Diamond, I suppose. I completely missed that that train. I, I guess I was just outside of the age bracket where you would be feverish for Pokemon, and I just I didn't have like I had the. I think I had the the advance, but I didn't have it until way late into its into its lifespan. So I went away to college, and not away, but I went to college, and I went for uh, video game and web design. And I was one of the oldest students there, and was you know with a bunch of younger dudes. And everybody, when Pokemon Diamond and Pearl came out, it was if you weren't playing either one, that like you couldn't even look anybody else in the eye. You just weren't a part of any kind of social circle. And uh, we'd spend a lot of time in the common room and whatever playing those games. But I love the exploration and the the battles that you get into with people. Like I've never been able to play card based games. I've never been able to craft, you know, like a, a set or 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 a deck of either characters or cards to do battles with people. I always lost. I was terrible <laughs> at battling, but I loved to try. And I love to go and find a new Pokemon, find, you know, re- uh, duplicates of certain ones and build them different ways and try different um, combinations of moves and stuff like that. And uh, it was just it was the mo- it was the game with the biggest community that I've ever played on a handheld. And the, the two years that I was there, um, it was every day, every single day. <laughs> wow. Everybody like we're talking like 60 people you know, in the cafeteria with like seven and eight people sitting at each table and everybody was linked up. Everybody was battling somebody. Mm. And um, it was just amazing. It was amazing to see a game capture so many people like that. I mean, we were all kind of like-minded because we were all there to do that degree and whatnot. But uh, just the way everybody got behind one another and you had people off the corner training people on how to play people that had never played like me my friend carlos was basically showing me the ropes and trading with people was really cool and coming up with different combinations somebody would come in with a shiny pokemon and everybody would like freak out oh how'd you get it how'd you Mm -hmm. get it and sharing secrets and stuff like that and uh i when i played that i I got it i understood what all the hype had been for all those years with red and blue and, and all of that and uh yeah so Pokemon Diamond is uh, is my number one. Cool. Rob? Uh, mine, I talked about it before earlier in the show, but mine is Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, That's the latest one, right? The 3DS one? Correct. Okay. Yes. I put well over 100 hours into this game between downloadable maps, downloadable characters, um, main missions, stupid little side missions, and... Like, if, if you're scared of these types of games, of, you know, role-playing strategy type games, this is easy to ease you in. Um, just because they have a mode where you can basically play through, and if your character dies, he is not dead forever. You know, like we said before, some of the mainstays of the series was that mm-hmm. if you had a character and he dies, unless it's one of the main characters... They are gone forever, but but here you can kind of set it so that, you know, if if someone you like dies, you could just revive them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just have great memories playing through this game. Really cool story, awesome animation, um, tons of weapons, move sets, 
and and yeah, uh, I I love it. Awesome. Uh, also, after everyone's done, I have Justin's list. Oh, nice. Oh, you do? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll do Bobby's. Mm-hmm. What's up? You want me to do my number one? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my number one we were talking about is Tetris. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I played the original. I mean, first of all, the Game Boy is the first thing I ever bought with my own money. You know, okay. uh, with my saved with my allowance, put that eighty dollars down and and got it and you know played Tetris with the book light over my <laughs> you know my Game Boy. And I'm I don't know how many hours I played Tetris. You know, uh, I think my record on the endless stuff was like. 500 lines or something like that. That's I, nice. I think got to that. And and uh, I just obsessed with it and loved it to death. And uh, it, it's my number one for that reason. And then I remember you, you talked about the Tetris DS, yeah. which I was obsessed with. <clears throat> but, you know, I was... I was a little kid when I played Tetris first. And, when I, and I was, you know, early 20s when I got Tetris DS. And I had kind of... I didn't know if those skills were going to translate. And mm-hmm. I remember, like... I had a friend, I worked at Best Buy at the time, and he was like, oh, it has like a battle mode in it. You can play against each other online. And I was like, all right, I'll play. I was like, I haven't played in a really long time. I don't know how good I'll be. And I just destroyed him every single time he played. And he got so angry because he thought like, this, I'm obviously you know, I'm obviously going to win this because he hasn't played. And it was just like, it came back to me. Yeah. You know, and I would play that, sit there and play that. The, I love the Nintendo theme stages, but I would play the endless mode too. And I Like riding I, a bike. Yeah, I got close to that same thing, you know. Uh, and it, so if it changed, you, know, you could slow down the pieces. You can you can swap pieces in mm-hmm. Tetris DS, so it makes it a little bit easier. But uh, yeah, there's just something so perfect and so simple about uh, that you know that gameplay that it just always stays with me. I just I, it's by far it, it's probably one of my favorite games of all time. Period. So awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So there you go. There are our uh, top five portable games of all time. And I have Justin's. Uh, he didn't list it one through five. He just wanted it out there. <laughs> uh, it's so, cop out, Justin. It's cop out. <laughs> uh, Luminous. Whoa. Gravity Rush. Ooh. Tearaway. Okay. Come on, Justin. Rogue Legacy. And Tetris. Oh, nice. Wow. So yes. three of us mentioned that at least. Uh-huh. And one of us had a definite hate of it, which is the first time I've ever heard that. So. I'm very happy to hear that Luminous was on his, uh, yeah. on his list. Loom Mines. Lumines. <laughs> Lumines. Lumens. Lumens. Uh, we've got some other lists. We've got lists from uh, some of our listeners. I'm going to read some of these now. Uh, Jacob Selman, who is at Thunder Jacob on Twitter, says, Recently, I really got into Bravely Default. I played the game so much, my wife got jealous. Yes. <laughs> uh, Travis McCollum, who's at Travis McCollum on Twitter, says his number five is Pokemon Red slash Blue. I guess we'll let you pick both of them. <laughs> number Sick. four. I don't. Can I even pronounce this? Uh, Dan Dangan Rampa. Dangan Rampa. Dangan Rampa. Trigger Trigger Happy Havoc Three, which sounds I've never heard of it. Now I want to. What is that? It, uh, it's there's a second there's a sequel coming out I think this year as well. I'm not even really sure what it is. They always talk about it on podcast uh, Beyond. Damn. Yeah. It sounds awesome. His number three is SMT uh, Devil Survivor. And number two is Bravely Default, and number one is Fire Emblem Awakening. Oh. Uh, Eric Suing, who is Chopped Suing on Twitter, has played a ton of games on the DS. Oh, that was the Elite Beat Agents one. Uh, James Hammond, part-time Powers on Twitter, uh, says Pokemon Silver, Zelda Minish Cap, 
Metroid Fusion, Pokemon trading card game, and number one is Super Mario Land 2, The Six Golden Coins. That's a good-ass game right there. Yeah. Uh, Joe State, who is at Joe State X on Twitter, says, Pokemon, of course, starting with Red and Blue, Zelda, Tale of Two Worlds, uh, Zelda, Link's Awakening as well. And uh, Super Bad Larry, <clears throat> excuse me, who's at Super Bad Larry on Twitter, says, Crisis Core is the reason why I bought a PSP, expanding the FF... What is that? FF7 narrative plus a bit of different gaming, uh, a g- different gameplay made it awesome. Sorry, sometimes there's a little bit of spacing issues. It was uh, difficult to read. Isn't Crisis Core a fighting game? I don't think so. I thought it was. Crisis Core was with Vincent. No, no, that, that's, that, 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 was, that was that a one? PS2 game. That was, uh, no, because I played that game. That was like a 3D action game. Crisis um, Core, Crisis Core. I'm going to look it up right Crisis now. I think it was okay. a fighting game. Hmm. Uh, Christian Stoa who wrote into us on our Facebook, says, Sega Links. I think that it... Oh, my God. I think that's it. Sega Links <laughs> was the ultimate battery... Battery eater? Eater. He says, uh, I had one instead of a Game Boy because color is better than pea yellow. <laughs> <laughs> totally wrong. It's a, it's an action game. It's not, it's not a fighting game. Okay. Yeah. Um, Melissa Megan says, I don't have five, but I have four. She also just put Mario Kart. <laughs> and we're not we're not letting her get away with it's it either. Fair. She put, I got you back. It's and then fair. she puts Zelda. <laughs> yeah. so, and what's your problem? Because I got a problem because we're friends and I explained it to her earlier. So she's going to make a new list. Uh, Metroid Pinball and Puzzle Quest. She goes, okay, oh, nice. I have every pinball. Uh, I have every Pokemon game. I cheated. <laughs> All right. And we've also got a couple uh, from the forums. So let's read those as well. Uh, Kala Cab on the uh, TalkingComicBooks.com uh, slash forums is says his number five is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the 3DS. Uh, his number four is Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins for the Game Boy. Uh, number three is Original Tetris Game Boy. Number two is GTA Vice City Stories for the PSP. He says, I mean, seriously? GTA in your pocket? I remember when those first came out on the PSP. I was stoked. And his number one is GTA Liberty City Stories for the PSP. Uh-huh. I played um, the hell out of that game. Did you? Oh, yeah. I never played any of the GTAs on the PSP. They, it was so hard to control. Yeah, that's what I heard. Mm. The camera uh, was, was what turned me off. Everything. The camera, the car controls. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Incredible D on the forums says, mostly RPGs in my list. His number five is Tactics Ogre for the PSP. Number four, Radiant Historia his, Historia uh, for the Nintendo DS. His number three is Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS. Number two is Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds for the 3DS. And number one is Persona 4 Golden for the PS Vita. Very fine choices. And we've got... Who is this? Furrow Divinus on our forums says his number five is Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core for the PSP. Castlevania Portrait of Ruin for the Nintendo DS is his number four. (laughs) Uh, Number three is Tales of Eternia for the PSP. Number two is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. And his number one is Fire Pro Wrestling for the Game Boy Advance. I still have, yeah, that was, that was a crazy game. Was it? I mean, did you ever play, like, the old wrestling NES games? I played a lot of Royal Rumble okay, and WrestleMania. WrestleMania, especially in the arcade, was amazing. Mm-hmm. That game was amazing. Yeah, th- I mean, this was like, you remember, 
like those little plastic wrestlers you used to collect. Mm-hmm. Muscle men. Muscle men, yeah. I mean, th- this was like having a stable of muscle men yeah. and throwing them in the ring to fight. These games are cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so just the, the the fighting Final Fantasy fighting game I was thinking about PSP is called Dissidia Final Fantasy. And the Vincent game is Dirge of Cerberus. Dirge of Cerberus. Which came oh. out for the PS2. Yes. Um, there's also another Final Fantasy Dirge. fighting game or has Final Fantasy characters in it called Air Guys. Oh, okay. Which was yeah, they had when couple. it came out was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Uh, we actually got we got a, a response on our Facebook while we were uh, reading these. And this one comes from Sammy Cassell. He says, I'm old school, so I've only got three. Uh, Simon, Merlin, and the best electronics football LOL. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, you guys, thank you so much for uh, for writing in and uh, interacting with us and sending in your lists and uh, your questions and whatnot. I think we're gonna about to wrap it up. We'll do a little bit of pimpage, and then we'll get out of here. <laughs> um, of course, this is a brother podcast to the Talking Comics podcast. You can find us on Twitter at, at Talking Comics. Uh, the website is TalkingComicBooks.com. And you can also listen to... Talking Comic Books Podcast. This week, we had Babs Tarr, Cameron Stewart, and... Brendan Fletcher. Brendan Fletcher. They are the new creative team of Batgirl. Uh, Really, really great interviews uh, with all of them, and uh, great content from us as well. It was a good good week. It was a good week to have them on, because we had really good uh, book discussions as well. So that was was nice. Yeah. But they're great. They're great, and they have really exciting stuff for Batgirl. So people should definitely listen to them if they're interested in that book. Absolutely. And if you want to check out the Misfits, they are at the underscore Misfits. They just did a listener uh, questions podcast this past week. You can catch that on the website, TalkingComicBooks.com. Uh, then you have the Talking Movies podcast, which is at Movies Talking on Twitter. What was their latest uh, podcast? They just finished off their biopics. They just did Bugsy. Um, and they're starting. They're going to do... Uh, a special Fisher King episode next week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man, I would have loved to have sat in on that. <laughs> yeah, Damn. so they're excited about that. They're doing a one-off kind of Robin Williams tribute. And Brian has never seen it, so... Oh. Uh, and I believe Chris has, so... It's I got to talk to him before he does that <laughs> show. Uh, and you can also check out our Valiant podcast run by uh, our own Adam Shaw, which mm. is at... Um, was it at Valiant Podcast? It's Talking, talk, talking, talking Valiant. Valiant. I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah. He just have the Twitter. Uh, but it's also on the website as Talking Valiant. I have not updated my list of, of this stuff. <laughs> so, uh, and if you want to uh, talk to us long form, it's podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. And yeah, I mean, you guys reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash talkingcomics. Um, and that's pretty much it for pimping stuff. It's a long list. It is. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, personal information, personal Twitter is the way that you can reach us. My personal Twitter account is at dead underscore anchorus, Rob. Mine's at dusk1020. And, and Bobby. <laughs> at Bobby Shortle. And Jackie. At Jackie Turner. Lovely. Uh, I will not be on the Talking Games podcast next week. Um, we will have a new host for you, whether it be Justin or someone else. They will be running the show and it will be just as amazing um, oh, I'll give you a little teaser. Yeah. Justin got his PS3 working, and oh. the way he got it working is is the story. <laughs> it's oh. the story. It's the story of the year. <laughs> Amazing. I can't wait to hear this. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Remember, uh, review us on iTunes. Hang out with us in the forums. There's, you know, start some some topics. 
ask us questions. We love answering your questions and just keep on, you know, putting the podcast out there. We're going to get some streams going for you. If you want to check out our channel, it's twitch.tv slash talking games. Like I said earlier, we have the PT stream on there along with a couple of other multiplayer madnesses and behind the scenes, we're trying to formulate some kind of plan to get more content of that uh, for you guys up and running. So you can kind of hang out with us while we're gaming and we are looking to get some more Mario Kart rounds and uh, Diablo 3 meetups happening in the coming weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. But we're very, very sorry. Your princess, she's in another castle. Hello.